Hello, and welcome to Audiences NI's latest podcast. My name is Ema McConkin, and this podcast is aimed at those of you who want to learn more about audience development. You might be thinking, what is audience development? Is it not just the same as marketing? The answer is no. Audience development is not just about getting people to make repeat purchases. Your audience should be core to all your decisions, from early planning and programming to post-event. It is about taking someone who's attended your show once and turning them into a long-term advocate for your organisation. As an audience development agency, we dig deep to find out who the audience is for a specific arts organisation, and we also venture into audience segmentation to help arts organisations consider how they think about their audience and work, and how they'll talk to existing and potential customers. People don't fit into a little box. She only goes to theatre. He only goes to art galleries. They only visit museums. By segmenting, we look at the style rather than specific art forms. We encourage arts organisations to think of themselves as a consumer and what their motivations would be for what they have on offer. From there, they can start to figure out who their audience is. In this podcast, we'll present examples of bad audience development and good audience development. Here is an example of bad audience development. Here is your audience and where are they coming from? Oh, well, I couldn't be exactly sure, but I guess they're mostly coming from, I don't know, within a 10-mile radius of our venue? A better response sounds something like this. Our audience comes mostly from BT 8, 9 and 10 in Belfast. Um, This is because we made a big effort to target our local community in terms of our marketing and programming. We are aware that there's a lack of public transport at night and at weekends, and this makes it difficult for us to pull audience members from outside Belfast. And we also know that about 70% of our audience is over 55, and the rest is made up mostly of families. But we have made attempts to break down any attendance barriers and make our work more inclusive. Could you tell us a bit more about how you did that? We created some outreach programmes for disadvantaged groups in the city who felt that our ticket prices were a barrier preventing them from attending and we tried to schedule work at a time that was more convenient for people who would be commuting or using public transport to get to us. And then we looked at our programme and tried to really have a programme that was a bit more varied so that we could appeal to both existing audiences, ageing audiences and try and bring a younger audience because ultimately we want to create lifetime advocates for the organisation. This example demonstrates a better understanding of audience development because they are aware of where their core audience is coming from and were able to identify barriers to attendance, making efforts to overcome them by introducing outreach programmes, etc. They also noticed that their audience consists of an ageing population and because of this have taken measures to appeal to a younger audience to initiate sustainable relationships. Here is another example of bad audience development. How do you communicate with your audience? We create one brochure and one flyer with all our work for the whole season and then we circulate it in as many places as possible. We also send out an email to our full mailing list weekly to communicate with our audience and let them know what we're always doing. This is not the best approach as the communications are untailored and everyone gets the same info despite different motivations and demographics. Another downside to this approach is that the audience receive communications in the same format in this case, in blanket emails and a generic brochure. A better example goes as follows. As an organisation, we have made efforts to try and gain more of an insight into our audience. We've done this through some box office data analysis, some online and face-to-face questionnaires, and we did invest in some mosaic profiling, which was really beneficial. Based on what we learned from that, we started to segment our audience down into groups, and then for each of those segments, we tried to tailor the content of marketing messages so they were best suited to the needs and motivations of that group. 
Our marketing materials are then distributed to the audience based on what we think they'd be interested in. So, for example, if our audience research showed that we had a segment that was families, we would base messages targeted at them. We don't use all of our resource trying to sell artistic products to everybody. We have tried it and it just doesn't work. Instead, we use what resources we do have, which are small and limited, to make sure that we are giving the right product to the right people. We make sure that for the same show, we talk to different types of audiences in a way that makes it interesting to them. So, for example, if we were looking at a modern take on Shakespeare, we would communicate to traditional theatre lovers with one message, and then we would target another message to schools and young people, but both messages would be about the same show. We also think it's important to communicate with audiences on an ongoing basis and not just when we want to sell them something. We want to have an honest relationship with our audiences and use our comms channels to have conversations with them and gain their input and feedback as often as we can. The following is another example of bad audience development. Do you know how people are finding out about you or your show? Not really. We hope that our marketing materials are reaching people. But we don't have much evidence to prove that's what actually prompts people to book tickets of us. To be honest, we also just don't have the time or capacity to carry out research. I mean, we do try to reach as many people out there as possible. So we use most of our marketing budget posting brochures to anyone who's ever attended one of our events. And sending mass email marketing messages every week to all of our previous attendees. So I guess we really are reaching a large group of people. This manager is demonstrating a spray and pray method where they aim to reach the masses. This is a risky approach for arts organisations as they are competing with other leisure activities as well as the multitude of marketing messages people receive daily. We favour an approach where more targeted marketing efforts are made. We make a conscious effort to try and reach specific targets and since creating our audience segments we have seen an increase in ticket sales from those individuals. The segments have made it easier for us to ensure our marketing messages reach the right people, which is great. And we also trialled using a number of promo codes in different places that we could then track to see what worked and what didn't. We used them in an email campaign recently, which was targeted at people who'd been to one of our shows within the last year. And then we used a different promo code on a boosted Facebook post, which only cost about a tenner. As we have a very small budget and limited capacity, being able to track results helps us prioritise if it's worth doing again. This also helps us tempt people back or attract new customers and ultimately we use these tools to develop a relationship with our audience. Here is another example of bad audience development. What do you do to create a relationship with a customer once you have them? Well, we just continue to provide a high quality programme and know that our audience will continue to support us if we do so. This approach is problematic in the arts sector. Yes, there is a chance that people will re-attend if you offer a high quality programme. But if you don't take steps to build relationships with your audience, there's no certainty with this approach. Often, it is your job to challenge your audience and push the boundaries with your work. It is much more difficult to do this if you don't have an existing relationship with them where they trust the service you provide and the programme you're offering. The following example shows how organisations can develop lasting relationships with their audiences. Well, we developed a loyalty scheme for repeat bookers and when bookers attend 10 of our shows, we give them a free pair of tickets to the next event and that has been received really well by audiences. We also have targeted incentives to lure audience members back. So whenever we get a new booker, they receive 10% off their next ticket purchase with us. Um, we also send follow-up emails after a new audience member makes their first visit to our venue and we ask them to give us feedback about the show and their experience by replying to that email or a survey or on social media. Finally, the last example demonstrates a bad example of audience development and is followed by a more effective approach. 
Do you think about your audience when you're creating your work? Of course. That's why we invest a lot of money in challenging, innovating work. We want our audience to experience the highest quality of art. And we believe it's our responsibility to make that happen. This shows little consideration of audience development, as an arts organisation's work should be programmed with the audience in mind, as opposed to trying to sell them something they may or may not be interested in. The following is a better example. We do consider our audience in all aspects of our work. They're on the agenda of all of our staff meetings. We talk about them and to them as often as we can. And we're currently developing uh, an audience ambassador programme, which we hope will further deepen relationships with them. We also work really hard at getting the ways that we engage with them right, because frankly, knowing more about them just makes everything else easier. So there you have it. After listening to the examples in this podcast, I hope the process of audience development has become clearer and you're able to recognise the benefits it can have for arts organisations. I'd like to say a big thank you to Claire Rose and Cara for joining me on this podcast. You can tweet us by using the handle at AudiencesNI, find AudiencesNI on Facebook or email myself on projects at AudiencesNI.com. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. Music